Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts, including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. All right, so before we get started, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy, I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants, networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled, interview techniques that will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the Academy is a good fit for you. All right, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I have George McGarren in the show today and George is the founder of the McGarren Group and he is a black belt at talent acquisition especially working on hiring executives for companies and I'm so excited to have him back on the show and I say back because me and him already recorded this podcast a couple of months ago and ladies and gentlemen your host messed up he lost the like it's not even lost like I, I corrupted the file I couldn't even fix it and I was so embarrassed because once you hear George, you're going to be like, wow, man, how can you do that? This guy is so, so amazing. And I'm going to feel really embarrassed. But regardless, he was so kind to uh, to accept my invitation and he's back on the show. So without further ado, George, man, welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, Dan. And hey, it's good to talk to you again. So, hey, and I appreciate the, uh, any chance to, to hang out with you one more time is, is, is always welcome. Welcome. So the, uh, and as well for the, for the for your listeners out there, I mean, you you, you paint a pretty nice story of me being a black belt, but I'm probably like a yellow, purple. You know, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a black belt, so I appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, I might have to, I don't know, after this, you might have to call my wife, uh, you know, to tell her the same, so she's in the same boat. <laughs> so I don't know. Sometimes, uh, you know, but I appreciate the kind words, and it's always awesome to be in your show. So. No, I, I enjoy our conversations. We had a couple of them already, you know, even before we recorded, and every single time. And I just come out like just so optimistic and I just learned so much from our time together. And so it just made a lot of sense to, first of all, have you on the show um, the first time. And I know this, if you enjoy this and my invitation is always open to have you on the show because we can talk about a million things. And the Thank hardest you. part when I'm talking to you is figuring out what, if we, if we only have one episode, at least for now, what do we want to talk about? And we're recording this April 8th. I know the podcast will come on in a couple of weeks, but I know that we are going through a lot of changes. Um, let me ask you, how, how has this affected your business? Because I know you are in the talent acquisition space. Right. So we have, we have two businesses, right? So one, one is the executive placement side. So we you know, find 
quite frankly, we find roles for executive talent for, you know, lots of different companies throughout the, you know, the country, right? In different geographies, industries, uh, and revenue streams. So that's, that's one business. The second business we have is we run a sort of a, you would call it, I, I call it a branding business, but you might, you know, call it sort of a resume business. We've got, so we help executives at that level take care of their resume, their biography, their LinkedIn. So the, uh, both businesses have always done well. Obviously, the, the branding business is on fire right now, right? Because folks are kind of, some folks are scared. Some, some folks are playing defense, some are playing offense. Uh, but the ones that are playing offense are getting, you know, they're, they've got two weeks at home or three weeks at home for some of them. And they're, they're getting their, their, their resume and LinkedIn and everything together. So thinking about from a strategic standpoint, how to move forward. But uh, yeah, it's been on the, on the recruiting side, I can tell you at the higher level, it's kind of a hurry up and wait, you know, for a lot of these things. So it's, uh, I'm assuming this, this is going to take until about June. This is my opinion. But, you know, it's one of these things where I've already lived through this in 2008 as well as 2001. This is an importance. And if you're younger and you're listening to this, the importance of saving money and cash flow. And uh, we've been tithing, just to give you an idea from a business, business standpoint, Daniel. 2008, I went from 50 people to zero, right? I don't know if you knew this about me, Daniel. Did you know that about my story? That I went from, no, I did uh, not. No, I didn't know. So I was, so I started off, you know, I started off, I was unemployed um, and I just, I, I was in the unemployment office and I decided like never again will I ever be unemployed again, right? So I had this sort of, you know, went to great schools, worked at great companies. I'm in the un unemployment line. This is how I started my business in 2001. But I, I was like, I'm never again will I be unemployed, right? And uh, I decided to start my business, the same business I have today. The 2008, I grew my business up to 50 people. All of my clients were financial institutions and banks, right? So like bad, 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 like, you know, didn't have any, you know, I only had one type of client, which was also a mistake. Went from 50 people to zero. I mean, you talk about going from like zero to hero back to zero. That was pretty much my story, right? So, uh, so I had the chance to reevaluate. If I could, do, if I could do it again, how would I do it, right? So I started started from scratch, and uh, now I've got thirty people. Everybody works virtually, uh, but from, from since two thousand eight, we've tied every we've every every sale we ever make, ten percent goes into like a cash emergency fund, and uh, that's what we're going to use now for this. You know, since our recruiting business is a little slow, we're going to use that. To, to ride this sucker out. I and mean, that's kind of the idea. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew that about us, but that's, you know, usually most entrepreneurs, they, they get up and they get knocked down and they get up and they get knocked down and they get up and they get knocked down. So that's kind of the, you have to be ready for that. And even as a candidate getting a job at a company and maybe things don't work out, you need to figure out and pivot to your next role, right? So that's super, super important. This is part of life, guys, and, and this is always going to happen. So you have to be ready for this. If X, then Y, right? You know, that's how I think about things. If this happens, then then, then what, what will I do? So uh, yeah, no, this is an interesting time. Coronavirus is no joke, right? And uh, but I think this is going to be you know going on for a while. I, I think it's very interesting, you know, learning a little bit more about your story, and and I wanted I want you to share a little bit more about your story as well. But one of the things that you mentioned right now that I, I'm a strong believer is like right now some people are just in their homes, you know, hibernating and not really taking advantage of this times. While there's other people, like you said, you have some clients that a lot of them that are just working on their LinkedIn, they're working on their personal brand. So when this is over, they're going to come out stronger. Right. And one thing I, I, exactly. it's super interesting that I, that I, I think about is this like graph of somebody staying the same while somebody else is growing and how that is an exponential growth. Because generally, we're in, in, a, in, in a very fast-paced environment where everybody's a li, a li, at least growing. 
But when someone's going down and someone's going up, that separation dramatically increases. So if you're a student right now and you could be watching Netflix, you could be, and I'm not saying don't watch that. I'm saying use your time during this time that you're at home to build skills that are going to exponentially increase your chances of having a successful career or starting a successful business, whatever that your goal is. And there's no better time now. Like you'll never get a better return on your time investment than now while everybody else is declining, you're growing. Exactly. And, and here's things to watch out for. I mean, this is, you know, if, if uh, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's good to, to, to do things like, you know, Netflix and, and uh, you know, Instagram and all this other good stuff, right? It's good to kind of know what's going on. Um, but, you know, this is also a time where, you know, the, the, if you really, really want to do things, then you need to, you need to be active and, you know, activity breeds activity. Right. And, uh, then I remember when I was, I mean, I said, when I was a kid, I used to play basketball and I used to go to all these basketball camps and, you know, there was a, I remember a t-shirt that I saw when I was seven years old and it literally, it said, the, the shirt said, and I, and I always remember this now from a business standpoint, the t-shirt said, while you were sleeping, I was practicing foul shots. Right. And I was, and, and, and that, that's, the, that's kind of the situation you've explained just now. Right. There's a lot of people yeah. that just hang, that are just hanging out, complaining about, you know, that life isn't, you know, life isn't great. Right. And there's other people that are saying, listen, I've got two weeks. I'm going to get an awesome shape. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to, I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to have less TV time, right. Less Netflix. I'm going to actually, you know, improve my life and take two or three weeks to do things I should have done. And, uh, this, this is like, we're in a, we're in my opinion, we're in a, we're in a, an era right now of Darwinism, right? Like you're going to have, they're, they're talking about 30% unemployment. I don't know if that's true or not, but let's say it's 20, you know, there, that still means, and I'm an optimistic guy, there's still 80% of the country will be working. Right. So like be part of the 80%, like be part of that 80%. Don't be part of the 20%. But, uh, you know, you, you gotta like, you know, you still gotta get up and, and do your thing and, and be positive. This is, this will be over eventually. And, uh, usually, Usually when these things happen, usually the country and, and other people are usually better off a year or two later, right? I mean, financially. So you'll, you'll see that it feels like a, a big, you know, a big issue now. Uh, and a lot of folks are losing their businesses and things like that. But usually people, every time I've kind of, you know, gotten knocked down, I, you know, I'm better now than I was in 2008. I can tell you that. So yeah, it's, uh, and I thought I was, and before, before my, you know, very humbling experience in 2008, I thought I was on top of the world, you know, but I really wasn't, you know, and, uh, you know, so I think you need to be very mindful of your time because Netflix isn't going to pay your rent. It's not going to pay your mortgage. You know what I mean? Prime video is not going to pay your rent. It's not going to pay your mortgage. And Instagram, you know, is probably not going to get you the next, you know, six figure job coming out of school. Um, you know, if you want to, right. So yep. my advice for, for the younger people out there. I, I, so I read a very interesting little story from one of the influencers that I follow online. And, and, and I don't know, I don't think it was his either, but he talked about an example of two people that they had their car and their, their car broke down. And one of them sat in his car, inside his car on the side of the road, um, just complaining because no one will go and help him. And then the other one whose car broke down, he got out of his car and starts pushing his car. And to his surprise, people start pulling over and started offering for help because they saw that he was struggling pushing his car. And then the guy that had also broken, uh, his car broke down on the side of the road, but stayed in the car waiting for someone to come help, never got help. And it's the right. same thing. Like people want to help, but people want to help people that are helping themselves, right? Like I don't want to mentor a student 
that doesn't listen to my advice or, or is not willing to put in the work that it takes to, to get a job, right? Because I know that I'll be wasting my time. And so I think that's really important because you have, people are going to help you and people are going to want to help you, but you have to show that you are helping yourself first. No, you're right. And, and, and the, the great thing about being, so I'll be 45 uh, next, well, April 17th, right? So in next week or two, I'll be 45, right? I feel like I'm 20, by the way. I mean, I run marathons and ultra marathons. I feel awesome. But, you know, at, when you're 20 or 22 or 18 or 25, uh, you know, it, it's an awesome time to take risk and also make a lot of mistakes, like a lot, right? So, you know, the idea is to make mistakes, make a lot of them quickly. But like you say, right, like people want to help people that actually, you know, are at least trying, you know, and uh, you're, you're totally right about that, Daniel. Like it's, 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 it's amazing. Sometimes you see folks that say, oh, there's no, there, you know, there's no work out there. Or I interviewed at three places. I didn't get the, you know, I didn't get the, you know, I didn't get this opportunity. Like that part of life is losing, right? So you have to, my opinion is if you win 51% of the time and you lose 49, then you had an awesome life, right? Like that's how I yeah. see things. But, but uh, you just, you know, this is like, you know, there's professional athletes out there that are batting 330 and they're, they're in the hall of fame. I mean, they, they're losing 69% of the time. Right. And they're, and they're considered, and they're, they're you know, well-paid stars and uh, in the hall of fame. So, you know, but I agree, like activity brings activity. People want to help people that want to help themselves. And, uh, but you know, you have to, at the end of the day, I mean, it's pretty basic. Like my, my grandfather told me he was, you know, second grade education from Italy. He said, listen, just like show up. Right. And then other stuff will just happen, you know, and yep. uh, he's right. You, ha you have to show up regardless of, you know, if, if you like your, your boss, you don't like your boss, you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever yelled at you, like, you know, the economy is terrible. It's great. You need to show up. And uh, I think the younger guys and younger, younger guys, and girls have to know that, right? Like showing up, is not hanging out on your phone on Instagram or, or worrying about, you know, silly things on Facebook or, or whatever or on TikTok. You know what I mean? So like, you got to show yeah. up. Right. So definitely, and, and, you know, so I'm, I'm excited because let's talk about this. So what what can students do? And, and I know that you're very familiar with this whole town acquisition space. You be, you've been in it for over 20 years now. What can students do now? What, what are some skills, some soft skills, some ways that students can do now to position themselves to get a really good job once this is over? Because there's companies that are still going to hire. Right. There's going to be a lot of right. industry or sectors in the industry that are actually going to need to hire more. Like I just saw Amazon hiring a hundred thousand more people. Right. So right. what can they do? How do we prepare them? I mean, if you want, I mean, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you what I would do literally step by step. And I can tell you what, you know, I guess as an overall advice is you need to network with everybody you can think of. Right. And uh, you have two choices, right. To find a job. You can either, you can either apply to everything online. Right. And if you apply to things just for the younger people out there, the response rate is literally, it's literally 2% for response, response, right? So, you know, out of every hundred things you, you know, send, send an application to or apply to, and I'm not talking about the automated response. I'm talking about a real person, you know, sort of, hey, Daniel, we're interested in talking to you kind of response. It's 2%, right? So it's pretty dismal. Um, the, the other piece is networking. And there's an 80% chance that you'll find your first job or second job or even third from, from networking with people you know, or six degrees of separation. So I would say, think about your network, think about where your friends are ending up. And if your friend, you know, let's say your friend ended up at Amazon, for example, uh, you know, ask your friend to make an introduction to the person, to his boss or her boss, right? That's, you have to think about that. Like, who is your network? 
And uh, I think the first piece is networking. The second thing I would do, I mean, just concretely, if it was me, if it was sort of my situation, I'd probably say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to literally, I'm going to try to get on the phone with 100 people this week. And I know that 100 people are not going to want to talk to me, but maybe five do, you know, and, uh, and I would literally do that all week, you know, and so I'm going to get on the phone with 100 people. I'm going to send them an email. I'm going to, I'm going to send them a, like in a text. I'm going to send them a LinkedIn message. And my only purpose is to get them on the phone to explain to them kind of what I'm looking for in a role and how I might be able to help them. And uh, I think if you do that enough, you know, you're going to get, you're, you'll get enough leads and enough leads eventually create interviews and interviews, you know, create offers and offers, you know, is that, you know, essentially gives you an opportunity to decide which one do you want A or B. And that, that's what I would do. I would be all about the intensity and the numbers of, of activity. And, uh, you know, some folks send out like 10 emails a day or 10 and they think they're actually getting someplace. It's not, you need to send a lot more, you know, you need to be really, really active. And, uh, you know, I would, I would just, you know, give yourself that, that goal for 30 days every day. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, you know, try to get to, I don't know, let's say five people a week, which is a person a day, you know, I'm going to do that for a month. And, uh, if you do that, you'll have a lot of choices. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because what you're saying, the advice you're saying about how over 80% of jobs are filled through networking and referrals that, that applies anytime during a great economy during a bad economy that 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 has applied and will continue to apply right and so it's very very interesting that you say that and i do want to talk about something because i i I see things a little different in a sense of i I think about more of quality versus quantity and i I know that right now maybe that's the advice that you give because of the times that we're in currently right but let me ask you a question. Is it not better for a student to have a target list of companies between five to 10 companies, know a lot about them, start building, go using LinkedIn, start connecting with people that work at those companies. Yes, have conversations, have as many conversations as you can, but specifically with the companies that work at the target list of companies that you want to work for. Right. So, I mean, by the way, you and I agree with the same thing. I just didn't, I guess I didn't say it that way, but I'm, and I'm not saying just randomly, you know, email people in, 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 you know, just online, right. Just, just because you can, I would agree, right. Come up with a targeted message. Um, <clears throat> me, come, up, come up with a targeted message, targeted list. And, but I think, you know, out of that list, you could probably find a hundred people. Right. So yeah. I, I agree hundred percent with you. I just, you know, it, it's, I guess my point was more about the activity, but yes. definitely target. Right. So I, I agree. I agree. Hey, Daniel here. Hope you're enjoying this first half of the episode. But before we move on to the second half, I wanted to share the story of Luis Guzman, a student that has gone through the academy and found so much success. Enjoy. I am here in the new office for my internship that I got thanks to the Mastering College to Career Academy. I'm with one of the um, top accounting firms in the world, and I wouldn't have done it without Mastering College to Career Academy and Daniel's Patera help. Honestly, it started noticing the difference once I enrolled because previously I would apply to pretty much everywhere and I would spend two or three hours to just get the email two weeks later. Hey, I'm sorry, we decided to move forward with a different candidate. But once I enrolled and I started applying the knowledge um, that is in the modules, I started getting um, interviews and eventually offers. And I'm graduating with four internships and I got a full-time offer in San Francisco with the top accounting firm in the world a year before graduation. So I don't want you to sleep on it. This is a no-brainer. It's literally step-by-step on um, how to become an ideal candidate. 
I hope you all the best of luck and don't, don't think too much about it. If you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. Yeah, and, and, and find commonality. So that is what you guys could do. I do want to make sure because I know that, man, we could talk forever, but uh, definitely like to keep the podcast within 30 minutes. We focus our last episode on what, so you work with a lot of C-level executives and you either get companies that hire you to find people or you, you work with those type of individuals who have worked in those positions and place them in other companies. So you have a lot of interaction with them. And so it'd be interesting to, to know your opinion on what do all these very successful individuals that have spent time in the C-suite would do differently if they were to go back in college? Right. So, and, and to, to, to talk about that, I, I deal with people that are making from $300,000 a year to four or $5 million a year. So there's, there's probably, you know, think about anything you use today as a product. I probably know the person or know somebody that, that dealt with that person. Right. So, you know, anything, anything in part of your day, like from car companies to, to shampoos, to computers, to, um, so, so I'm dealing with an interesting group of people. I, I can tell you, I think the one thing that I've noticed about all of these people um, that I've dealt with, when we have, like, let's say we have a meeting set up, you know, for like a 30 minute conference call, these guys and girls, I mean, these people, they, they, they show up so prepared for the meeting. I'm assuming they're preparing, you know, 35 to 40 minutes for it, for even a 15 minute call, right? So I think, um, number one, I think if you're younger, if, if you're looking for opportunities, make sure that you prepare for these interviews, prepare for the companies, know about the companies when they ask you, why do you want to work here? What, what do you know about, what, what do you know about us? Um, if your interview is going to be a 30 minute phone call, you know, prepare for two or three hours. That's my first piece of advice, Danielle. A lot of these people, I interview them, even for our own, our own team, like, why do you want to work for us? What do you know about us? And uh, sometimes they just don't know anything about us, right? They're kind of like, you know, sort of, uh, but I would say, number one, I think preparation is huge. Number two, not networking soon enough. And I, I hear that now from executives who, you know, they make three or $4 million a year. They need to think about their next job or next role. And they tell me, George, you know, I really, I haven't really networked for like five or six years. How do I play this without sounding like I'm trying to take something from somebody, right? So I would say the second piece would be networking. Like networking, you know, often and soon and, and, and with as many people as possible, like you said, you know, targeting your list. Um, and the third thing is, is just, you know, I mean, if you're, if you, if you end up and you get a great gig and you're getting, let's say 50 grand a year, or even 70 or 80, you know, treat it like it's a $200,000 role, you know, do way more than you're asked and called upon. And, and you'll see that your, your career will very quickly, you know, move up, uh, and you'll have a lot more choices. So I think I've noticed that about the people that go beyond, you know, sort of their call of duty. Right. And, uh, those people do really, really well, you know, and I don't know, you know, it, it's, uh, there, there's an episode. I don't know. Daniel, are you a, uh, better call Saul fan? You watch that show? Better, no, I have not. I, I know I watched breaking bad, but not better. Call breaking Saul. Bad. So better call Saul is like, I don't know if you've, it's a better, better call Saul. It's on AMC. I think it's also on Amazon prime, but, um, it, it's kind of like the, it's like the, the, the I think they call it the preclude, right. Or pre, you know, it's the, the, the before, um, you know, it's like the evolution of Saul Goodman. Right. And, yep. uh, so there's a, there's a situation where the guy who runs the chicken company, the chicken, uh, franchise, you know, Gustavo, he, he's making this kid literally clean, you know, clean and clean and clean the fryer. 
right? And this kid is just going, I mean, he's going beyond, beyond what he should be doing for, you know, for, for his boss. And uh, that's a great example. Like if you're engaged and you're all in and you're 110% in, then, you know, your career is just going to flourish. So be prepared, network a lot, and then over, you know, just over, over give value, right? Like if you make 50 grand, give a hundred thousand dollars of value. If you make 50, you know, if you make a hundred, give 200. And if you make zero, right, give 50 or give a hundred people need you to solve problems for them. And, uh, working hard is a, is a great way to do that. So. That's amazing. And one of the things that you mentioned is the, the amount of research that they do and I'm in the amount of research that a student should do. And that is why I think it's so important when you focus on a target list of 10 companies, because I want you to become an expert in them. And one of the things that I know executives do when they're about to interview with a company, the minimum thing they would do is just read the 10K report or read the, you know, the annual report if it's available, if it's a, if it's a public company. Um, and I think students should follow that best practice because even if you just read the executive summary, there's so much great content. There's a SWOT analysis. There's what the strategy of the company is. There's just a wealth of information that really is dictating the direction of the company. Right. And, and Dana, I'll tell you something, what we do on our side, just to give you some sort of insight on, on the, like what we do as a recruiting company. So we run these executive searches where some of these fee, the fees for us are pretty interesting. They're six figure fees, right? On, from the business standpoint. And uh, if we have three executives that are going to meet our client face to face, we literally, we have, we have coaches that we work with, right? We, we have our coaches talk to the candidates and, and literally prep them for four or five hours, right? During the week. It's almost like, I mean, it's almost like you have to give a big speech, right? And, you know, we've got your training and practicing and we literally do that with all of them, right? So, you know, this, this is after they've already interviewed and they've done their, some of their prep work. Like the prep work doesn't, doesn't end even when you end, when you land, you know, when you, when you get that job, the prep work doesn't stop. It just started, right? Like you need to be prepared, you know, once you land and, and you're sitting, you know, sitting at that company as well. But I agree. I think targeting, you know, kind of, uh, you know, who you're going to go after and, and, but you need to be an expert in the com in the companies, right? And you're, you're, you're spot on, Daniel. I think it's one of the, you know, you're, I know you teach that, but you're hundred percent correct about that. And, and uh, just being, you know, sort of lackluster and lazy and not knowing about these companies. That's the number one reason that candidates don't get jobs, by the way. They'll say, tell me about your company. Tell me about our company. And uh, people just don't know. And they just, the, the, the clients get very frustrated that candidates show up just unprepared, right? So that's probably in 20 years, one of the most, probably one of the, one of the top three things I've heard, why they didn't want to hire somebody or move forward with somebody, because it just felt the person was unprepared for the actual meeting. So. And if you're unprepared for the, for the meeting, how are you going to do your job? Is that how you're going to do exactly. it? Exactly. It's just a reflection of it. So when I talk about interviewing and how to prepare for an interview, I tell students that there's three things you really need to focus on, right? The company, the role, and the person interviewing you. Because an HR person, whether it's talent acquisition, whether it's HR manager, HR director, their goals might be very different than the hiring manager or the manager or the director or the partner or the president of that company, right? And every single one of them will ask in different, will, will want to get something different from the interview. Have you seen, what have you seen in interviewing? What do you think is different between HR interviewing you and the hiring manager who's going to, who you'll be working on his team if you were to get hired? Right. So HR, a lot of times we're just trying to, you know, a lot of times HR is sort of the first, 
it's the first person is the first you know person that you'll meet in the process right and their their job is pretty much usually it's to kind of you know i guess eliminate folks that should move to the next step right usually right so usually you'll see that so you know it's it's their job to, to make sure let's say they're going to interview 15 people or 20 people it's their job to show maybe they're going to show five or six to the hiring manager so it's their job to eliminate and then recommend you know who should move on to the next step so that you know you have to really really prepare for them because it's it's that's you know if you don't get past the first step then nothing else is really you know will happen the hiring manager is trying to solve a problem right or there's a reason that they're trying to hire somebody it's just not for the you know good of god right so they're they're trying to solve either one or two or sometimes three problems if you can find out very quickly and it's hard to find this on a job description but if you can find out like what are the two or three problems that you're trying to solve or like why why is the position open um you know was there somebody else in, in the spot what happened Things like that, Daniel, like if you're able to, to figure out what's going on, you can then use that, right, for your own sort of sales and pitch, sales pitch to some extent, and then better, you know, kind of, uh, I would say, better present, you know, why they need to work with you, right? And that's kind of a, that's a big thing. I think it's more of a, the, the, the candidates that have conversations with, with the companies and have conversations with the HR person and conversations with the hiring managers, they do much better than the ones that it, where it's just a once one way, you know, sort of interview and uh, add very little value. So it's more about a conversational way to get information from them that you can then use to then tell them, right, you know, why, you know, how you can help them. And, but the, the hiring manager is trying to solve a problem. You need to figure out what it is and uh, how you can help them, right? So that's a, that's a big thing that younger folks that don't have a lot of inexperience interviewing, they don't ask those questions at the executive level. You know, they're already thought about how to solve that problem, but the, a lot of the younger folks at the school, you know, they, they don't know to ask those questions, but just, you know, they're, they're trying to solve a problem. What is it? And, and this is how you can help them, right? So. Yeah, it, it's so important, right? Because an interview shouldn't be treated like a negotiation from day one where you're just trying to hold your cards very close to your chest. I think an interview needs to be a conversation. And you're trying to find the truth and both sides are trying to find the truth and figure out if this could be a win-win partnership, right? If the company were to hire you, the, the, are you going to be able to solve the problem? And on the flip side, if the company hires you, are you going to be satisfied and are you going to gain from it as well? So it needs to be a win-win situation because no one wants to hire someone and then that person not be a good fit and leave six months later. It's a very expensive process to hire someone and to train someone for six months for them to leave and so ultimately you want to make sure that you are also interviewing the company and not by asking them a million questions but you should ask them some questions but trying to identify if this is where you can see yourself being for at least two years and try to make sure that you can that it's a win-win ultimately it has to feel good because you will be spending more time at work than you spend time at home Exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the candidates come in when they get out of school, they come in with this me, 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 you know, me attitude. Right. And that doesn't really like that doesn't work well at all. And uh, it's like you said, you have to show that it's a win win situation. The, the me, me, me thing like, you know, it's all about me. Um, like that's just not attractive. You know, there, there's there's 330 you know, million Americans in this country. Like, trust me when I tell you this, you're not the only candidate that, that, they, can, that they can talk to. Right. So have a little bit of, you know, be humble, but be aware that if you can help them, you know, in a better way, then you need to make sure they know it. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of other people that would love to be in that interview right now. And, uh, 
that's why you have to really take advantage and, and not lose time when 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 doing your homework with these folks, right? The other thing is, I don't know, you know, make sure you pick companies that are a great fit, where you believe in their products, where you believe in the people. Make sure that the, um, you know, make make sure that that it's it's you know that it's a company that you can stand behind later on. And it's not all about the money. The money will come later, but you also need to make sure that you find the right fit, right? So that's why, like you said, you're you know, doing doing a lot of research up front is really really important. Um, and that's kind of yeah, that that's kind of uh, you know what I would say for the younger folks. And uh, you know, the, if I they know if I can say one more thing, one of the things that I did wrong when I was younger that I didn't do when I was in school, which I wish I did much more of than I do now. Uh, I think I think reading. You know, and you can do audiobooks or, you know, you can do Blinkist is just like this, you know, cliff notes for books. I think reading and lots of, you know, and sort of just reading and exercise and this, and being optimistic is a really big thing when you're younger. If you can do that, you know, you're going to you're going to shine way above your peers because most of the peers, you know, they're worried about going out on a Thursday night. You know, they're not really worried about growing the career. Right. And uh, I think reading and meditation and exercise and you know, sort of healthier habits are also really, really positive and it helps your career and helps you be successful more, you know, later on in your life. So. No, absolutely. What, what an amazing advice. We're running out of time, but let me ask you, what is the best way for students to connect with you? Right. So the, the easiest way is just to, so send us your name, right. And your first name, last name, an email, and just text us. Right. So it's two one two six five eight zero eight zero one. I just mentioned, you know, just mentioned, uh, that you're on, you're on Daniel's show and, and uh, you heard me on the show. And so it's 212-658-0801. And just send us a quick text, you know, and uh, we'll get back to you. That, that's amazing. Perfect. I would say connect with him on LinkedIn, but he can't accept any more connections. Uh, George has over, <laughs> right. over 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. And he is one of the top 30 most connected recruiters in the United States, ranking 125th as most connected person on LinkedIn out of over 300 million users. So that's probably why you said just text them. Um, and right. our Texas team is not, I don't think this is not his cell phone. So just heads up, but they will be more than happy to help because they're, they're amazing, man. Um, thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. I, thank you so much. Listen, I appreciate it. And, and my, my brother from a different mother, I wanted to say one thing. And I think this is important for your listeners to hear this. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on, I've been on so far. I think I've been on like 25 podcasts. I'll be on an, I'll be on a hundred by the time 2020 is over. I've got, you know, 15 more in April. You're, you were the only one to send me a thank you, an actual written thank you card, by the way, out of everybody I've ever spoken to. And probably the only one in probably five years where I've received a thank you note, like a physical thank you note in my mailbox. And uh, yeah, anything, anytime you need a favor, just let me know. But I, I appreciate that. And there's, there's details like that that make you different than everybody else. And if you're a candidate, you can do those things, you know? And uh, no, I appreciate that. It's like class act. Totally appreciate oh, it. Oh, man. Thank you for that. For the shout out in public. Just want to let you guys know that if I'm telling you guys to follow up with a thank you card, I am doing it as well. It is not just busy work for you. I am telling you that is the type of response that I usually get because I am sending thank you cards all the time right and so as you can see this is not planned he, he literally stopped me before i ended the show this is a good example of how people feel when they get a thank you card and you can see in, in such a digital world how very little people are actually taking the time to write and a hand thank you card and how much impact it is and it, it just makes you very unforgettable so i'm so glad you mentioned it on the podcast so that students can, can 
take away from this uh, le- learning lesson. And I appreciate it, man. Like I know we'll still thank be in touch. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. All right, my friend, congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. In the age of short attention span, this speaks volumes of you. So now, if you found value in this episode, then I am sure you're going to find value in the Mastering College to Career Academy. So if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy, go to masteringcollegetocareer.com or just send me a message. And thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode.